It's the one topic that was requested, and it's not the first time. Uh, it's something that, of course, is very relevant to us on a daily basis, and it's worth uh, trying to make an attempt to look into it a little bit and try to figure it out together. And that is the Indian of tefillah. I, I called it uh, the heart of tefillah because, um, of course, we try to figure out what's really at the core. But also uh, the whole mitzvah of tefillah has to do with the heart. I think Amara in uh, Taina says, what is the service that's of the heart? And that is tefillah. The essential aspect of tefillah is our heart. So uh, part of the intention of the heart of tefillah is the heart of the person in the process of tefillah. And how can we uh, open that up? So I think uh, one place that's a good place to start because uh, in some ways it's the most challenging in terms of understanding is the aspect of tefillah Arshman Esrei, which is of course comprised of three primarily primary aspects. There is the praising Hashem that we are given. That's a gift to be allowed even to praise Hashem. And there's the thanking Hashem, which comes at the end for His abundant kindness. And in the middle, the major section is what we call Bakasha, where we're asking many requests for ourselves as individuals, for all of Klal Yisrael as a nation. And uh, we find in the Gemara, the Mishnah and the Gemara and the Paiskim, the concept that tefillah needs to be done in the manner of asking for compassion, supplication, beseeching Hashem. Like the Mishnah says, it should not be um, in a form of saying these words and fulfilling an obligation, but it should be where a person is asking for Hashem's great mercy to come to him. And uh, there is even an opinion the Gemara brought in the Paiskim that a person should try to include something personal that's not even part of the typical Nusach that's for everyone because that certainly helps that the tefillah should be in such a fashion where I'm asking for something that I personally feel something that I need something that I need Hashem's help for So it raises the question that uh, seems to give the impression as if our davening is for ourselves. We are trying to somehow merit and receive Hashem's kindness and compassion for many things that we need. At the same time, we know that tefillah essentially is a mitzvah. It's a voidah serving Hashem. The Ramam considers it a mitzvah deraisa. To daven at least one time a day. So it's not just a, uh, a great gift that Hashem has given to us to be able to utilize to receive Hashem's blessing, but it is an obligation upon us. Is it an obligation for us to employ this to be able to 
gain benefit for ourselves seems a little bit confusing at first glance, at least. Does that question make sense, Abraisa? Does anybody hear a question? If nobody shows how can yes, be, uh, the question is what? Well, how can it be an obligation and uh, not an obligation at the same time? Uh, it, it's hard to believe that the essential obligation is that we should employ the method of tefillah to gain for ourselves many good things that um, we think that uh, would be helpful to us and beneficial to us. And many things that, of course, the Klaus needs very much is our essential effort to be able to accomplish, to receive these things. That would seem essentially very self-directed. That probably cannot be what it is. Even though there is this potential power in tefillah, there's no question about that. But is that essentially what we're trying to accomplish? To be receiving what we're asking for? And if not, then what is the essence of what we're trying to accomplish? Does that make sense? <laughs> okay, this is, you know, it's basic. Another very basic question is, how do we understand altogether asking anything of Hashem? Because after all, whatever is the present in our life or in the life situation of the entire Jewish nation is uh, coming from Hashem's direction and Hashem's orchestration. Are we asking Hashem to change his plan? We think we know better? Certainly not. So Hashem has all the knowledge of what's good for us, much more care for us than we have for ourselves. So why would we be asking that something of our life situation be changed? If Hashem knows what's good, and this is how he has set up our life situation, so then uh, we should accept it, we should embrace it. If there are challenges, that's what's being given to us to try to um, struggle with and hopefully overcome. Certainly we have to be willing to accept whatever Hashem is giving us. So what is the real nature of our asking Hashem to change something that uh, he has put in place. And another, I guess, related aspect is, what is really the nature of that asking from Hashem? Because it cannot be the same as when it comes to asking of a human being. When it comes to a person, the person who is human is affected by someone pleading with them, imploring them. So touching on their, their human sensitivity. That's not something that's possible. There's no, there's no shinui by Hashem. We're not going to have any impact 
on uh, Shem State. So what role is our tefillah playing? How do we even understand that, that entire experience of asking, entire effort, entire engaging and asking? What is it really all about? We're not trying to cause Hashem to have more compassion um, as we would by a person. So how does it take place with regard to our relationship with Hashem? So I think these are some basic questions. I hope they make sense. If anybody wants to affirm that, you know, please go ahead, because that's always very encouraging. <laughs> and I give especially Ashokayak to anybody who lets me see them. No pressure anybody who, uh, for whatever reason, you know, <laughs> isn't able to uh, help me out in that way. But anybody who is, I appreciate it very much. <laughs> it's a real treat to be together. I say that to each and every one. Um, so, uh, so let's try to make a start. Uh, a very helpful piece in the Sefer Ikrim. Is there a question? Yeah, I was going to say if it's possible to differentiate between that last point, not like making Hashem feel bad for us and saying, okay, fine. I like the same way that you could influence a person when you ask them for something. Right. Um, like tug at the heartstrings, so to speak, differentiate between and we say that okay, that's not right. something by Hashem, but we do know things like Imo and Ophim Tzara, and you know, Hashem is aware of and cares about our Tzara and the things that we want and the things that we need, and any slight discomfort is, is the most primary thing by Him. I, could, I, just, I just don't want to get anywhere near. Um, taking an approach of that we are going to cause something to change, you know, by our being more sad, Hashem will have more compassion for us. That's not an area that I want to try to enter into. So I would like to find an approach where, even though in the external form of it, it is the same as with a person, that there could be something that we could find to understand that maybe is somewhat more than just external form. Simba has a line of like where we're undertaking a kind of a stance, a kind of an approach that mirrors when a poor person is coming to ask from a wealthy person to help him. But I'm holding out the possibility, maybe the good hope, that it's not only a matter of just a external form of it, just like a koachatsiya that we know is not actually the case, but we're utilizing it through some kind of an association. There could be such an idea, but... We're still, you know, at a very early stage. So um, it's good to keep open 
are the room for any possibility. <laughs> Does that make sense? So what we want to go step by step and see what can we find that we could understand, hopefully in a, in a good solid way, and see how far we could take it. And again, like can always, I, can I ask finish, a we never need to finish all in one shot. <laughs> We're just trying to make a start. Uh, question, yes, go ahead. Um, what, what's, um, it sounded like you wanted to veer off the fact that your person by davening and having more kavanah is going to, I guess, create and generate more rachman from Hashem. Um, I mean, I definitely have, I've heard such a concept that a person were, were roy to, 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 I guess, to get to Chas Hashem, the more we're, I guess, reliant on him. So is yeah, that, that's coming. That's is coming. That, that's coming. Right. But go ahead. Okay. No, I'm saying, is that, you sound like you wanted to veer off. That's where we're headed. The Sefer Ikrim says that um, Hashem's bracha to a person is very much related to a person's own spiritual situation. That there could be a uh, situation where a person is worthy to receive the bracha of Hashem, but he has to be, understandably, in a state of a spiritual standing that he's worthy of that bracha. And he compares it to if there would be decreed for a person to have a year of a abundant produce for his field to be blessed with the great uh, productivity. So he has to plant. <laughs> he has to till the soil. He has to plant the field. If he doesn't plant, it's not going to grow. So in the same way, the, the bracha that can be nigzar for a person that's intended by Hashem to come to a person is interrelated with his whole state of connection to Hashem and his whole state of spiritual standing. And tefillah has a significant role to play in that so that a person can be capable of receiving and worthy of receiving or properly conditioned to be receiving the bracha of Hashem. I guess like the, the sort of like the marshal that comes to mind is where the Rambam says it in the end of Hilchas Tshuva that all the promises of the Torah are not the reward for the mitzvos. The reward for the mitzvos cannot be given in this world. But rather, all the Torah is telling us is if Kalisrol is sincerely trying to serve Hashem properly, they'll be blessed with the opportunity, with the means to be free to study Torah, to do mitzvahs. They won't be overly burdened by the need for uh, materialistic pursuits, and they'll be free and enabled to serve Hashem mm -hmm. to the fullness of their heart, true heart's desire. So a person is bringing himself close to Hashem. That is a, uh, a powerful element that he should be worthy of receiving that bracha, or be conditioned to be able to see the bracha. And this, in the same way, if there was a creed against a person, that it should be held back. So by a person changing himself through tshuva, and very much through tefillah, like we say, tshuva, tefillah, by a person changing himself, so he essentially becomes someone different than 
the one who that negative decree was uh, assigned to. He's no longer that person. He's taking himself out of that uh, previously the very um, distant state, shall we say, where he needed the discomfort of the holding back of the bracha. Now by his bringing himself close to Hashem, he has now made himself of a condition that he can receive the bracha once again. He doesn't need the the difficulty and the some measure of suffering by that being withheld from him. So we can understand how there is an interaction of a person's tefillah and the effect that it has on him and the bracha coming to him. But still the question remains, of course, what is the real primary purpose of the tefillah? If we don't want to accept that the primary purpose of the tefillah is, is the actual receiving of all the good things that we're hoping for, or the removal of the, some of the more uh, uncomfortable things, so then what is the real essential goal in the spiritual sense? Of course, it's set up in such a way that through that spiritual achievement, the bracha can come. But what is that essential spiritual achievement that is the real, the real intended goal? And we can see how there's, there's, a, there's a good place for the interaction. A person knows that his accomplishments will have that effect. So then the, the, there's a real interconnection. He's asking that this difficulty should be removed. He's asking that this bracha should come to him. If in the process of the asking, he conditions himself to be worthy of it, so then it's really working together. <laughs> he may have needed the bracha to be withheld. Now by bringing himself closer to Hashem, the bracha can come. And he could know that. But ultimately, of course, we don't want to be doing it for the sake of, essentially, for the sake of the material benefits. So when we're asking for something in the material sense, maybe spiritual is like easier, but even there, there's no absolute uh, certainty that it will be answered right away. There is a Grand Mishle that says that uh, the tefillah for, for spiritual help is um, much more uh, to be expected to be answered. The material we don't necessarily know what Hashem's plan is, but even in the hope for it, is our is our goal supposed to be essentially to receive that good benefit? It would seem not. So, what then is our real primary goal? What are we really striving for, for which we're using the life conditions to be coming and sincerely asking? However, that's working. But what are we really trying to accomplish in that process of coming and asking of Hashem to give us what we can understand would be beneficial? We have to make a, uh, a good assessment, a, a reasonable judgment about what could be good for us. And of course, we allow room that Hashem may have a different plan. And we're accepting of that. If, uh, if with all the good input that we're, that we're doing, 
still it's not coming. There could be a plan that we cannot know about, can't necessarily know why. But it's given to us to use those life situations as Chazal were mistaken, some things that are very, very essentially necessary. Das, Bracha, Refua, Slicha Mechila, of course, help for Tshuva, help for Taira, the Kalisrol, keep his Galias, Binyan Rishalayim. Of course, these are all the critical needs. So, what should be, as we can understand it, our really essential goal? What are we trying to achieve in the spiritual sense? What is the real essence of the mitzvah tefillah that we're trying to accomplish through this process of asking Hashem to give us the bracha in all these areas of of universal nature or of our own personal nature that we sense we need very much? And maybe I'm I'm assuming this is going to connect to the next point, but the um, mechanism of feeling the way that was just described. Um, I'm just going to observe that that doesn't seem very pleasant. That when somebody has a need, that you just come. It sounds like almost like a desperate game of if I could really, really admit that I need you, then you'll give me what I want. Um. We have to be very careful. What? Because the nature of our asking anything to Hashem has to really uh, be a good match with um, our knowledge of Hashem. We don't want to step out of the boundaries of the fundamentals of Amuna in the process of the tefillah. Right. So okay. whatever we're doing, we, 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 should, we should look at it like Whatever we're doing is essentially within ourselves. We are trying through the process of tefillah to elevate ourselves, to strengthen ourselves, to bring ourselves closer to Hashem, to bring about the the true purpose of His creation of us and the world and the mitzvah. Essentially, we're trying to achieve a greater closeness to Hashem. And that is the ultimate purpose. And through that also the bracha will come. And it's designed that way to help it come about and be related to in a very real way. But at the same time, we still have to maintain the, and we can maintain the awareness of what is the essence of what we're trying to accomplish in this process. Excuse me. So if anybody wants to take a shot, um, they're welcome. Especially if you saw the Mayamakomus. If not, I'll be happy to uh, try to present it as best I could. But uh, we'll see, you know, where that takes us. So there is one primary idea that we see in Rav Simchazisel in the first piece in Chachma uh, Musra, the second chilek, which is all on tefillah, and in the piece in Rav Volbi that was sent out 
and also in the Mabit, which is hundreds of years earlier. And the primary, primary idea that they're presenting is that the essential accomplishment of tefillah is the awareness of our complete and total dependence upon Hashem. That everything that we have, everything that we need, only comes from Hashem and can only come from Hashem. And Simchazusa writes it that since the world is set up with a natural course of events, cause and effect, it's very easy to lose sight, lose awareness that no, Hashem is directing everything, Hashem is controlling everything. Hashem is the single soul address to turn to for everything that we need. And that is essentially what we're trying to recognize and to inculcate, to bring into our hearts. That's everything that we have ever received. And this could, you know, help to understand the significance of Smichas Gula Tefillah, that experience, the reliving of Kriyas Yamsa Fetiyas Mitzrayim, that is the the primary first national experience of Hashem uplifting the Jewish people, saving us, miraculously taking us through the Yam, and then our expressing our recognition for that. That is essentially what we're trying to come to keen awareness of, that Hashem, only you can give us everything that we need. And that is the as they're presenting it, the critical element that we are trying to accomplish in tefillah, the simple, basic awareness, the fundamental amuna, that everything that we have and everything that we hope to come to have, only Hashem can give to us. And the, the act of the asking is somehow needed, somehow helpful. We might think, oh, we could just make a declaration. And in fact, um, we find, uh, it's brought in very early sources, that Tefillah's um, Chana is the, the prototype, contains within it all the Yudchez Brachos. Chana didn't do any asking. She was only declaring. He's, Hashem is providing everything. That is also essentially what we are trying to come to recognize. But the way that we need to do it is not merely or simply just by the declaration of it, but we need to be engaging in that experience of coming and asking it from Hashem to come to that clear and internal recognition that Hashem is the one to give it to us. My bit ends off that we're, we're throwing our burden on Hashem. We're lying upon Him. We're turning to Him to give us everything that we need. How does that sound so far? <coughs> okay, everybody happy? <laughs> okay. So there, there's still one question that I have that I'd like to try to approach. 
or make a start. And that is plain simply, but how does this uh, process of asking contribute to accomplish that? What are we really doing when we're asking of Hashem? We are asking for Rachman. How is that playing a role? What is that contributing? Because, of course, we're not going to affect Hashem like we might try to do this shadless of affecting a person. Of course, we know we never affect anything. <laughs> but that would be the process that we go through. Or we would maybe think we're going through. We're starting to wonder what's happening by a person also. But very simplistically, we are, you know, only naturally trying to play in their emotions, trying to evoke their feeling of compassion. That's now what's present by Hashem. So what is the real nature of the asking? Now, of course, you could suggest that it's just a form. It's just undertaking that kind of a interaction that we would have with a person. And it may not be something that is really in any way logical or, or naturally understandable. Maybe a chayk, maybe something that Hashem placed into a person that even though, of course, we're not expecting to affect Hashem with our tefillah, we can still come and ask in a manner similar to what we do in the human situation, and this will work for us to be able to recognize it as Hashem was giving it to us. And that is what Rabbi Simchazusel sounds like when he says, we're undertaking this role, so to speak, this form. But I think that if there could be more of a, a realness to it, that might be preferable. I don't think we should discount this. This could be definitely a possibility that essentially it is the human design that Hashem has constructed. And we may not necessarily know or be able to know why Hashem chose to do it that way. But it would make this aspect of tefillah essentially something that is supernatural, that is essentially a chayk. Nevertheless, it could work. We're coming, we're asking from Hashem, and we'll experience it somehow because that's how the neshama is designed. But I think that the, the, the Gemara in Yuma might be able to be somewhat helpful for this question. I'd like just to make a start on it without trying to finish the job. That's okay. I hope our boys say you forgive me when I give in to this um, very uh, strong um, sort of... Uh, desire that I have to leave people with a question and not have everything all tied up in a nice little bow. <laughs> so let's take a look at this Gemara and see and see what we see here. The Gemara asked the question of Shemayuchoyistamidin asked him, why did Hashem choose to give Khalistral mon every day, day by day, as opposed to giving it to them once a year? 
And the Mephorish, which wasn't included in the Maramakram that was sent out, the Mephorish, the Rif and the Ein Yaakov says that there could still have been the mitzvah of going to collect it every day. And I imagine that the benefit would be that we have it already. There's a certain kind of a comfort. The money is here. It's, it's, it's in our possession. We have it for the year. Here we still have to abide by the mitzvahs of how to go about going and taking it and not leaving it over, etc. This was the question that was asked. And it's interesting because typically you, you usually find an answer given and then a marshal given to explain it. And here it's the reverse order. He says right away, I'll give you a marshal to explain this. Of a king who had a son, <coughs> crown prince, and he gave him his yearly allowance all at once, one time a year. And the crown prince, who we could assume was occupied with many important affairs, came to visit his father, the king, once a year. Came to visit the royal, royal throne room, to visit his father once a year. So the father changed the setup and uh, he started sending him his allowance. I don't know if he had to come to receive it. Could be the uh, treasury minister would be delivering it to the prince, some other good messenger. But um, as a result of that, one gear in the Gemara is, isn't it proper the sun should come? Another gear says that the sun would come then to be the Kabo play of to come into the presence of his father, the king, every day. Maybe out of appreciation, out of thanks, but it would seem like he's coming, coming to the father once a day. And the more continues, so too, close from the Midbar, there was a family that had four or five children where they wouldn't be, uh, be able to rely upon any traveling uh, people to sell them what they need. And they would be worrying, maybe somewhere deep down, they'd be worrying, maybe the month's not going to come today. Maybe after many years, there could still be some place of some, some spot deep down of some worry. Is the money going to come again? And it says, They're returning their hearts, they're directing their hearts to Hashem to receive the money. Okay, is there anything that uh, that you see, Rabbi, say that uh, is maybe not quite so simple about this mashal and nimshal? Let's try to ask ourselves, what does Hashem want to accomplish in this process? And what does the king want to accomplish? Let's start with the king. Simply speaking, we would think, why does the king want the son to come every day? Well, of course, he wants to see his son, which father wouldn't want to uh, have that uh, 
great pleasure of his son visiting, coming to see him, even briefly, every day. But of course, that cannot apply by Hashem. Hashem is not um, sending them on every day for Klaus to come and see him, because otherwise he'll be missing them. So that human element that could be present by a human king, it cannot be the essence of why Hashem is arranging them on this way. It has to be for Klaus sake. What would the nature of Claudius benefit? Simply we would think for the sake of them realizing and being reminded day by day. And where is the man coming from? From Hashem. To come once a year. It could sort of fade out of our awareness. Okay, we have it already. Okay, the man is here. We have a mitzvah to go collect it. Okay, but it was, it was it's a miraculous thing. But okay, it's here already. We have it. You need to be reminded every day where is this money going to come from? But that kind of a reminder and clarity doesn't apply in the case of the Moshal. The king does not need the son to realize, you know, is giving him his money every day. It's not like the son wouldn't know that, or is the king wanting that the son should be reminded, and it's not the son coming. It could just be the king is sending him the money every day, so the son remembers, oh, my father sent me again, my father sent me again. We're talking about the son coming to see the father. So there's something here that's not totally clear about what Hashem wants to accomplish and what the king wants to accomplish and how they could be one and the same. Before you I think that's something that um, might be good to take for homework. <laughs> Let's go ahead, Huda, go ahead. What do you mean by that, that the idea of the king wanting to see his son can't apply by Hashem? <laughs> not for Hashem's sake. Hashem is not doing anything for himself. So if the king has a very valid human need to have contact with his son, even the greatest, most powerful, most exalted king could have that very real human need. But um, that's not why Hashem is doing anything in his anhog of cholesterol. Because Hashem does not have any needs. Hashem has a love for each individual Jew and person. I'm sorry, I'm having a little trouble hearing. Can I trouble you to just be a little louder? Because my, my computer is a little bit off. Yeah. Um, my question is, what, when we say that, like, okay, Hashem loves Yisrael, Hashem loves each individual person. Mm-hmm. Is that... One of the, that's not doesn't have to be a human need. That's what, what, why is that not something that we could say about Hashem? That when we're exposed to Hashem. Oh, so then you have to say, yeah, you, ha, you have to say then that the entirety of what Hashem is doing is just to set up a situation to conjure up that muscle. It would be like Klaus was going to ask, why is Hashem doing this? Oh, because Hashem wants us to view this situation like the king and his son, 
And it's a way of Hashem reminding us of His love for us, that He is doing something with us to mirror that human situation, so that we should think of this mushal, and that will help us to um, remember Hashem's love. But it doesn't seem from the Gemara that that's what, um, you know, was the end goal. It says, Mechavnim libam, Levim Shpashamayim. Just directing their hearts to Hashem. It doesn't say so that Klausel should make this mashal. Shemichai <laughs> say, I'll give you the mashal of, of, of what this is like. But it doesn't say that it was all done for the sake of Klausel creating a mashal and using that to know Hashem's love. That's that's a little bit. <laughs> Creating the muscle so that we could create the muscle. It's a reality. That is the reality. It, that is what Hashem wants. Hashem wants us to be close to Him. He, the same way the king wants to see his son. The equivalent of that by us and Hashem is us. It's not the same. It's not the same thing. Why not? The king wants to see the son for the son for his sake, and Hashem wants us to be close to Him for our sake. Why can't it be for his sake also? Hashem does not need anything. Hashem is all good. It's We're not giving anything to Hashem. So, Dr. Matitin. There's no, there's no provision. And there should be no thought in our mind of we are giving Hashem nachas as if he needs it. Well, but Hashem is not a disconnected, like, so to speak, yeah. a, a emotionless. I mean, okay, Hashem is a, very connected. Yes, <laughs> we could use the mishalom, but ultimately, ultimately, the goal is not. The goal is not. It cannot be, and it should not be in our minds, as if we are giving anything to Hashem. We should not harbor in our mind a thought, as if Hashem is gain. Hashem's good plan is being accomplished by us, yes. Hashem's desire to be native to us, the maximum benefits and pleasure is being accomplished by us. But to use the marshal of the king who himself needs desperately to see his son, um, again, that would only be as the marshal. To know, you want to know how much Hashem loves Klal Yisrael? Like the king who loves his son. That's only the mushal for Hashem's love. Here we're saying this is a whole elaborate application of maybe the man's not going to come down, four or five children worrying, directing their hearts to Hashem. This is the process going on. And simply, we look, we, we think about it in isolation, we'd say, Klal Yisrael needs to know that it's coming from Hashem. Well, that's not what's going on by the king and his son. It's not for the son to know that it's coming from the father. He'll know very well it's coming from the father. Nothing to do with him coming to see the father once a year or every day. So there's something going on here that I hope we can draw from. I'm not saying this is the only source, only place where we could find it, but maybe it could help a little bit. Well, what, what was wrong and, with uh, the 
and has a couple of weeks to work on it. Because will be Rabbi Golden next week. Yes, Ramesha, go ahead. What was wrong with the, the, the second option? That the reason just like Hashem wants us to come to him, so too the king wants his son to come to visit the king for the sake of the king. I'm so sorry, for the, sake, for the sake of the son to come back to the come to the king for whatever benefit that is for the son coming to his father. Okay, so that's what we need to maybe try to figure out. And you know, um it's a good to give everybody a chance. I'm saying, didn't you present that and say that that can't be what's going on either? I'm sorry. Didn't you say didn't you suggest that 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 possibility and say that can't be shot? No. Oh. I'm not saying anything. All, all, all I'm saying cannot be is it cannot be that it's um, for the king's sake because that cannot apply in Hashem's situation. Can it cannot be for Hashem's sake? And, and, and Can it be for the son's sake, though? You didn't answer. That was being said. It has to be somehow, yes, for the son's sake. But what is that really what all about? Has to all be for the sake of the sun, just like it's for the sake of cholesterol. We just need to find the tzara shave shaveh. What is the tzara shave between king and his son and cholesterol? Can I just interrupt for a second, Rashman? A quick, uh, a quick question. Interrupting, it's part of the process. But okay. but, but Abari, we, we didn't have the conversation yet. Wait till you hear what he has to say. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to get let, let that get lost. But go ahead. Yes, no, go ahead. It's, it, it's not lost. I'm holding on to it tightly. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Quick question. Um, in Slichus yes. we say I say Right. So you're basically asking yes. the same. So you're asking the same question on that. What does it mean for your sake? Is oh. that the same question? Well, very good question. Very good question. What do we mean when we say? Right, I say, Leilanu Hashem, Leilanu Ki L'Shem Chotein Kavit. Well, I say, Leman Chav Hoshiyeno. Im lo Lemaneno, I say, Leman Chav Hoshiyeno. So, is that question the same kasha on Slichos, or you're asking it a little differently? I don't think it's the same kasha over there, but let let let's try to explore this. Um, you know, just thinking out loud. We know we have the concept, which Rebbechaim Velazhin gives um quite major significance, but maybe not like the simplest approach of the concept of Tzara Shechina. Right. The Chazal tell us that when cholesterol is in Tzar, the Shechina is with us in Tzar. Kaviyochal. Kaviyochal Hashem is B'Tzar. Of course, there's no Shuni by Hashem, but that's the Hanhogo, that's the Moshe that's used. Ima Noichi B'Tzara. Hashem is appearing to Moshe Benu in the Sneh to show that when cholesterol is Bitsar, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Kaviyachal Mishtatif Adir Tzar. And that Moshal, as used by the Torah and described by the Torah, is something that we're allowed to use to understand Hashem's great love for cholesterol. So we can take an approach of that what matters to us more than our own personal situation is that because of our rechuk from Hashem and our needing all this difficulty that we're receiving, that Hashem is being mishtatif with us. And we could somehow relate to that.
how does that answer Salem Ancha? I'm not following how that answers it. That means that we are we are we are being allowed to to have that kind of relationship with Hashem. Like the like um, by Kriyashma, Hashem in his great humility gave to us to have a relationship with him like a king and the nation, where the king is honored by his nation. There's such a close connection. So Hashem has to withdraw his closeness. But it's being, it's being described to us as Kaviyachal. Hashem is in great Tsar. Like the Magad said to the Beis Yosef, if you had any idea, you could never do a chet. <laughs> it would be impossible. You couldn't, you couldn't even approach a chet. So, again, this is in a certain sense, like a special, unique chesed Hashem is giving us to allow us to even have this mashal. Mechaim Velazhin brings that the whole union of uh, Hashem wearing tefillin is Hashem's closest to Klal Yisrael, his desire to mate to us. That's why when a person is, or even when a Russian is receiving English, the Gemara says, Shechina, my head is heavy, my arm is heavy. That's paralleling the union of Philon Shal Yad, Philon Shal Rosh, Hashem's desire to mate it to Klal Yisrael. And when that's not possible, so Hashem expresses to us as if Kaviyachal is Bitsar. Even though at the same time we know that there's no change, like the Rambam says. So we're we're given supposed to be using this mushroom. It gets a little tricky. <laughs> it gets a little tricky. Ani Bitsar, Hashem's is Tsar is not necessarily the same as Laman Kha. Meaning why, why can't it mean that? We because are to do it because it's because it's for we us want to that to be removed. We care for that. All right, we'll we'll talk later. I don't want to take up too much time like I did last time. <laughs> um, it's okay if you want. You can you can you can continue. Okay, do I just see, don't. What do you, fine, see so you see the mancha like as if Hashem needs it. Hashem right. No. So, so obviously he doesn't need it. Like, like we say, Hashem needs nothing. Hashem is the ultimate shlemus, right? That's understood. But the say, all I'm saying is, I don't necessarily know what it means, but whatever it means there, it would answer the question for the mushroom. But you seem to be saying not necessarily. I don't. I don't think that you see that. It doesn't even seem like that over here, because you say Could that be what this means? Why Why would it have to mean that it's different? I mean, the muscle sounds like the same concept. He's doing it. The king does it for himself, right? Mashal, there's what, something like unique about the mon, like that's, that's kola terakula. 
everything in the Torah is that we should have a closeness with Hashem. If Hashem is giving to us to understand, He wants, he wants us to be close to Him. So then, that's everything in the Torah. What is like this unique situation? This is the, 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 the man coming down every day is compared to the king wanting to see his son. It's not, because not, it's not, here, not, like any other mashal, doesn't it? I mean, like wanted to be close to us. So, like, how Say, what your kasha is, what the Kiddush of this mashal is? I thought your kasha was that. What is what? How's it comparable? Meaning, Hashem doesn't need anything, and this is saying that it's for the king. So, or is your kasha so Islam? What's the Kiddush of the mashal altogether? That's everything. The problem is that the mashal would not be something that is like unique for this situation. The general mushal of everything in Taira. So we should just say, if, uh, if if there's a family that has four or five children, they'll be worrying. They'll be They'll have more kavanah Hashem. What is the what is the goal of, of uh, having kavanah towards Hashem? Coming close to Hashem? Oh, because Hashem relates to us like a loving father, as if he wants us to be close to him. But that's nothing special about this situation. That's that's everything. Is there like a, oh, a I thought, aspect oh, here? Of nothing I, unique here about this kind of a connection. I thought you were asking that the mushal itself doesn't seem to be accurate. Not that it's no chiddush of a mushal. Okay, so that's well, a different question. I wasn't, I wasn't assuming. I was assuming that there's something very like specific here in there being mechaven libom l'reish if you want to take it into like the breadth of everything in Taira is closest to Hashem, which Hashem wants us to to accomplish, and which He relates to that it's meaningful to Him. Okay, then it becomes just like Kalaterakula. There's nothing special about it. There's no reason why this mushal should be given for this situation specifically. I mean, most Mishalim, you could pretty much ask that that's what the whole point of Torah and life is. It's always about getting close to Hashem. I mean, the Mishal of how uh, the message that says how, you know, when uh, Hester Panim, Hashem is really there, right? The Mishal where the king sends his kid to the to, to the forest to punish him, but then when someone attacks him, he realizes that all his army men are guarding him. I'm saying, isn't every Mishal is to bring out a kochetz here of that particular case, no? I mean, what, something... Exactly. Every level is unique exactly. that can't be extended to anything else. I don't know if it has to be like um, that it cannot be related to anything else, but there should be something about it that's relating to this Indian specifically. Yeah, it's only the love that Hashem has for us. Like in many different scenarios that you could have, you could show that love. That, right, that love that, is displayed right. in many different ways. Right, but since that love is universal to everything in Taira, so it's not really meaningful to utilize it by this unique situation. It's a specific question. Why is the mun coming down once a day? It might have been somehow preferable to be once a year. I'm trying to answer. Once a day. You know why? Because it helps to get close to Hashem. And after all, everything in Torah is Hashem's love. We don't have to be reminded now that everything in Torah is Hashem's love for, for, for His beloved children. It has to be something about the son, the prince, receiving his allowance every day, coming.
has to be something that is mirroring this, representing this. Let's not be so hasty. Let's give it a chance. Give it, give it a chance to think about it. Try to envision it. Try to imagine it. Try to experience it. <laughs> so we try to experience something. See, this, 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 this is the unique aspect of this kind of learning. This kind of learning is not meant to be done just with logic alone. It's a void It has to be done with the heart. You have to get in on the scene. You have to live it in order to understand it. That's the unique beauty of this part of Terry. It's a sheer for life and of life. <laughs> and hopefully with life. Okay, good to everyone. Thank you.